uh, this week on Three Sides of the Coin, we discuss, we do a hit and run. Uh, we talk about some pretty good things. I say the questions were amazing. Yeah. A lot of good questions. Thanks, everybody, for the awesome questions. Um, so we do dive into a few awesome questions from the hit and run. And like I said, you have the three of us, which is all you need because you don't need anybody else. So there you go. Boom. 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 There you go. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. So this week on Three Sides of the Coin, um, as you can see, there's no mic. So no mic, no problem. It's just the three of us, which is all you need. So Mike is out in Disneyland spending an exuberant amount of money on Mickey ears. <laughs> no, he's getting anal warts removed. Isn't that how this, right. isn't that how this goes? That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Code for removal of anal warts. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this week we're going to do hit and run. Tommy gathered some questions that uh, you guys have submitted. So um, this should be very interesting. I like these shows. I like the hit and runs. I think they're fun. Me too. Well, I do too. I, I, again, it's just fun because we get to, you know, um, correspond with you guys. It's just, it's a whole lot more fun. But I guess, Tommy, do we have any, do we have any, I, I guess? Yeah, we have housekeeping. Do you have housekeeping news? Well, I, w- I wasn't prepared because Mark's like, let's get this on the road. So I'm okay. like, okay, we're not doing right, comments today. So I went right to the questions. So I guess we're not doing comments. Although... The thing I do want to say that I thought was great amongst some people losing their minds over the epic fail thing, this is what we're talking about for this week's episode, is some of you guys were really creative and came up with stuff that I didn't think about as well. And I'm like, God darn it, that's good. We should have talked about that. So kudos to all of you that are paying attention. I wasn't one of them because I was gone. And Having I, anal reports. He had so many that it was like a multi-procedural <laughs> thing. Yeah. The whole week. I, I, you know what's funny? And, and I think everybody does this, but you know, since it's fresh in my mind, just being on vacation for a couple of weeks and just like doing nothing but sitting on the beach, I, I like tuned everything out, like everything in my life, except for like the bare necessities. I, I had to do work stuff every now and then, but man, it was nice, like not paying attention to the news and oh, God, yeah. not paying attention to sports or any. I literally zoned out of, of kiss. You know what? I, I didn't pay attention to anything and it was great. Well, so, and this week, Michael's having um, his hemorrhoids banded. <laughs> oh man <laughs> so send him some messages please there you go michael i hope you're feeling better <laughs> you know perhaps you should have, eat more granola more rubbish. or get one of those what do they call them the 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 potty pals that lifts your feet up off the ground what is it's not a potty like a, 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 a oh, what's the thing called? A, a smooth step, isn't it? Well, that might help him because it's supposed to like put you in a better position when you use the, the okay. toilet. Speed up. So, like, so maybe we should get him one. It's in a, no, it's called a squat, squatty pond. <laughs> All right, can we move on? 
All right. So first question, I'm just going to go right down the line here. We're going to try to get to all of them today. If we don't, my apologies, but thank you. We have a bunch. And in some situations, one of our other listeners answered the question, but I still want to read it, ask you guys if you agree with the answer, and then have other people chime in later. So the first one's from Matt CC. He said, how did Gene's Feel Like Heaven end up on Peter's second solo album? But before you answer, Louis LaPointe jumped in and said, Matt, Vinnie Poncia, the producer of the album, was shopping songs around. I think Peter co-wrote only two songs. Yeah, that's not something that I have the answer to, All other than, you know, Gene is always shopping his songs, as he should. He's a songwriter. Well, and, yeah. but, and, and if you look at the stuff on the vault, I mean, anybody who was willing to pay him could record one of his songs. I don't think he was, you know, and and, and also, too, look, if you're Peter Chris, um, it's it's great having your former you know, I, I would bet there were some people who bought that just because there was a Gene Simmons song on it or there was a, you know, a tip of the hat to the the old band. And that's no different than Ace wanting, you know, to have Paul on his, you know, on on one of the origins records. I just it's good business, you know. Right. That's all. Yeah. Well, and, and also, too, I think I should preface this by saying whenever we get into these um, episodes, which I love, Lisa was mentioning that, too and mark as well that sometimes the questions you guys ask are just too in depth we don't know so um the next one michael newman he started out with what's going on with magic haha we all got a good laugh <laughs> on that one yep he said uh, all joking aside when when they did the remaster series why was hot in the shade and revenge not included why did it stop at crazy nights something to do with who owns the music perhaps wait say the question again Sorry. When no, when they did the remaster series, okay. why was Hot in the Shade and Revenge not included in the remasters? Why did it stop at Crazy Nights? Something to do with who owns the music. And then Eric McConnell jumped in and said, um, "Oh, any oh, okay, that's something completely different." So, do you guys have any idea why the remaster stopped at Crazy Nights? No, I would have, again, I, I would think it might be a, a budget sort of thing. And that remasters, what, 90, what were, those? what were those? It had to have been around the reunion. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I think it was like 97, weren't they? Oh, I think they are 97 because I have a promo poster for the, um, for those. Plus I have the little cardboard thing. Yeah, I think it was 97. Um, I, I would have thought that everything, you know, it, it, let's let's go instead of taking that exact question let's look at this everything went to to crazy nights correct so um hot in the shade and everything post that which was just a couple of records at the time wouldn't have um i'm assuming it's probably budget um i would imagine it was budgeted for so much and they kind of maybe just stopped when they ran out of money um, you know, that's good speculation. Um, also, though, too, um, boy, Hot in the Shade, it, it's funny. That's just still to this day, I've not warmed up to that record. And it's funny because we've talked about it many times on the show. That tour was great. 
Um, but but the album to me still, and it, it 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 is because that's what it is. It's a collection of demos for the most part. They didn't go back and really do too much to it. It also that was that album's really a mess because it's not a band project. It was, you know, <laughs> who's playing rhythm on this? Who's playing bass on this? Who's playing you know drums on it? I mean, it's all over the map. Um, the, the, the deeper you dig into the hot and the shade record, um, the more disappointed you're going to be as a fan. I, I am. I'm one of them. You know, it doesn't sound cohesive because it wasn't cohesive. Right. Well, it plus, two, wasn't it that that was the era, too, where they discovered you could put 72 minutes of music on a CD. So why not fill up yeah. the CD? Yeah, which is a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and they and look, that wasn't just Kiss Alone. That was a selling no. point to sell the CDs. They're like, hey, we have this. This uh, I don't know if you guys know. I mean, one of the reasons that records were you know, really pushing no more than 40, 45 minutes is you just run out of group space. You know, yeah. um, that's one of the one of the reasons. And when you did have a, you know, you had the sort of uh, technology where you could put that much more music on it and that's what they did they filled them yeah it's it's weird though too because here's here's something if you ask anybody would you rather have more music on it or less i, I think you'd, you'd rather say yeah more i mean i, I do want more assuming I, that the songs are all good yeah i mean but also let's let's face it you know that's all up for it's speculative if you know what's yeah. but but i would like to think that most people who who listen to that record can hear the fact that it's demo-y and that it doesn't sound like a band project. You know, the the Paul songs sound one way that, you know, they don't have the Gene Simmons bass lines behind. And again, that that, that wasn't just fucking, uh, you know, on the shape. <laughs> go go back to the end of the 70s. I mean, that yeah. that cohesiveness stopped a long time ago but i think it was even more so on hot in the shade i mean fuck there's drum machine stuff on it just bad well and, and i also right and i also felt at the time looking back that polygram was one of the very first um labels to just embrace that 72 minute thing because I remember them pushing that hard with all their artists. It was in the advertise. was right on the, I think yeah. the hype sticker even said that. Mm -hmm. Lisa, yeah. what are your thoughts on Hot in the Shade? Um, I think, I mean, I, I liked it, but it was definitely a deviation away from, from normal, normal Kiss music, you know? I, th mm -hmm. I, think, I think we talked about that too. I think the songs are very poppy. Um, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, like I said, we, we, we talked about like some of the songs that are like read my body and all those songs that are just, it, it just, it didn't sound like kiss to me, you know? Yeah. But, but uh, well, again, I mean, a, a lot of that stuff on there is demos. I mean, yeah. Lord know what Lord knows what they did. They want to shop some of those and they just ended up finishing them. I mean, I wasn't there for that process, but you can tell it just sounds disjointed. Even to yeah. this day, when you listen to it, it doesn't sound like a cohesive record. No. And it also does. too, let's face it. That was, you know, uh, Paul was not a happy camper. Gene was MIA. Yeah. You Eric, was like, you could tell Eric that wasn't happy either. It was just a very unhappy camp. Like fall apart. 
it's very disjointed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, okay, so let's move on. The next one is more of a hypothetical. And I, I want to preface this by saying, because Mark, you were gone. Uh, at least I know you're aware. Last week, because you were part of this, we did um, an episode of the big fails. But it was always a piece of something else. It didn't mean that if they we put up a picture of crazy nights, that that was necessarily the fail. There was an aspect to it. So there was a lot of, you know, possibilities of changing one thing or another. So I think this next question from Joey Middleton is kind of like that. He said, if Kiss replaced Ace with Bruce Kulick during Creatures, but kept Vinny as a songwriter, then took off the makeup, then would that have made the difference for an album and a tour? Oh, and then he said, oh, and now he's kissing Mark's ass. Oh, and recorded and released It's My Life as the first single. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Didn't he, he used to write in a lot more? Oh, yeah. Joey, Joey's been here since day one. So I, I always love when he when he hops in and, and makes a comment. It's one of those things like it's not till it's good. You don't notice it till it's gone. Yeah, I remember he used to write like all kinds of really cool, like a lot of like really in-depth questions and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Come to think of it. Yeah. Well, it's good that he's, 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 you know, back submitting stuff. Yeah. He was he was always one of my it was funny because there's, there's all kinds of people who who interact with us. I always his was his were always some of my favorites. He always he always wrote some very thoughtful thought you know he put a lot of thought into his comments so anyways going back I, I, the whole hypothetical doesn't work because bands just don't work that way so i that's how come i have a hard time even biting on that question because it just wouldn't have happened you know yeah. especially that way you know Vinny, Vinny was such a strong figure in the songwriting um you know for his brief time in the band Whereas, you know, Bruce never was, um, I, I mean, a strong figurehead. I, I, I go back to this too. I mean, right now on the, on the end of the road tour, there's still a couple, couple Vinnie Vincent songwriting songs that's still in the set and there's none by Bruce. And that's not a knock on Bruce. It just is what it is. You know, Vinnie was there for a couple of years and, you know, his songwriting presence. So, you know, look at, look it up. He wrote all, there's what, 10 songs on look it up. He wrote yeah. eight. Yeah. So, I mean, Bruce never had that kind of power with like the you band. said, though, he you got Bruce as the guitar player, but you kept Vinny as the writer. No, no, no. I, I but that's the whole thing. One of the reasons that Vinny's handwriting is all over everything or songwriting is is because he was such a strong figure. Bruce, you know, that's how come it wouldn't have worked. He wouldn't have right. sat back and went, oh, you can play all my songs it just you know right just I, I, like i said it just it, it's it's just that not a question that i think is even for a hypothetical it just wouldn't work with the personalities so fair enough you know. well yeah and i i don't have anything to add to that lisa do you have any other thoughts no that you summed it up mark okay all right we'll yeah. move on to the next one ian barber if kiss were to do another deluxe edition of any album what album would you want it to be and what would you want most as the bonus material? Personally, I would love either Rock and Roll Over to feature a recording of Queen for a Day or The Elder with any outtakes. Um, I, it seems like I'm going first on these. So I'll, um, I happen to know 
you know, or talked a little bit about, you know, what maybe the next one is and stuff. So I'm going to go with, uh, with one that I know is not next. Um, but because, and also not because I'm going to go with one that I would want. I would want kiss alive and I'd want full shows of all the shows. I want to hear it before, before they touched it. I want to hear it before they added the crowd, before they added the actual bumps. I want to hear the master tapes and I want tons of posters. And, you know, that's my favorite era of kiss. That's, that's right. When I really, that's when I, I was all in right when that that's when my fandom really, really, really took off was in the fall of 75 and uh, haven't looked back mm -hmm. since. So that's the one. That's what I want. Lisa. I think uh, the elder, because I think that I don't know. I think that there could be like hidden gems somewhere, you know, and I think that I think like. I think it would have been cooler if there was more stuff in the album, more, more posters, more. I, I think it's the other's not a bad album. It was just not. Again, it kind of goes back to Hot in the Shade, where it wasn't really like a Kiss album. You know what I mean? But right. I think that you know <clears throat> maybe some unreleased songs or something like that, or a booklet. Something. The Elder, there's so much available though, Lisa, in the bootleg world. There's eight billion takes of everything. And I gotta tell you, just personally, I never really thought too much of any of the un unused stuff. If anything, I would like to hear if it's true. Ace the Aces always, fix. Yeah. 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 Ace said that he had extra guitar work. I got look, I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah. But in a way, I want to call bullshit a little bit because Ace really wasn't participating much. Right. Well, you're going to tell yeah. me that the guy who never really liked to do any extra work all of a sudden did all this work. I understand. I understand. I totally buy into he was unhappy doing that sort of project. But he had but his own studio for the first time. So maybe he was excited because I know for a fact I had asked, um, I got into a conversation with Big John Hart about this. And he, in fact, did say he has a copy of that. And it is different. Well, all right. Well, so again, I guess it, to, so according to, to, to John, it does exist. So many of Ace's elder demos have leaked into the trading world. Okay. Then how come we haven't heard that? That. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, and that's I'm not a saying it doesn't question. exist because, yeah. as we know, uh, you know, sometimes things pop up and you go, "Holy shit!" I'll give you a great example. You know, the new off the soundboard coming out. With, I didn't know that a soundboard of Mark St. John was available. Right. I hadn't even heard that. Meaning, that right? Rumors. One or two so. shows. Yeah. Well, that that's the whole thing, you know. So I, I'm I'm just saying I find it personally hard to believe that Ace put all this extra work in and did all this extra stuff, and then you know it it just didn't leak in any form. I'm not saying it didn't. Just right. as somebody who's really been you know a, a a collector of that sort of thing, I haven't even heard it mentioned. Right. Other than you know stuff like that, but I mean it's not. I've, ne I've never heard anybody that that's like, hey, you know what? He did whatever extra solos on top of, you know, escape from the island. So I, I don't know, you know, so whatever. 
Right. Well, and, and the, the like my understanding is, you know, like how we had that solo uh, on Fridays for um, the oath. Oh. Boy. And, well, at any rate, so stuff like that. But who's to say? Um, I guess I, I would answer this by saying I would want a dynasty box. Because that's my favorite era. So for me, I would love to have like maybe even if they took the dynasty and unmasked and put them together. Uh, and I've said this since the beginning of this show, I would love a version of uh, unmasked remastered with no keyboard in it at all. And an actual bass guitar and a, and a, some bottom end on the drums. And I would be very happy. You know, you know, Tommy, it, this is one thing, you know, this, this, this is almost like a, a conversation in itself. Think about it. I think between Peter and Ace, walking in to the studio they each between the two of them i think they brought i think seven to nine demos to get together yeah in yeah that's unheard of in Kissland. they never right. brought that much material to a record that's something that doesn't get talked about much it's a very good point peter, yeah peter and ace brought a shitload and a full album between the two of them which is, I mean, it must have been because they had everything going on from their solo records. Yes, yes. So you're absolutely right. That would be fascinating. And how much of that stuff, you know, put it this way, all that all that stuff's in the bootleg world, the, the trading world, and I actually have some of it. Um, yeah, I, but I'm just saying, you know, but some of those songs you know especially we'll we'll use those because they're easily you can go on youtube and you know the the songs that peter brought they don't sound very kiss like you know but the interesting thing is is maybe they could end up sounding like kiss you know kiss like if they get reimagined you know no, no, that's maybe, my that's my point that they didn't yeah. kiss at any time reimagine some of those songs maybe, uh, I, don't maybe not. I, I i don't know Whereas when Ace brought his stuff to the band, it was already done. I mean, the the, the stuff that Ace, that Ace brought um, is pretty much what you hear on the record. Right. Right. But that would be interesting for me. Uh, okay. So next one, uh, Brad Hovland would just like to know what the recipe is for Mark's meatloaf. And uh, <laughs> I don't have an answer for that. So we'll have to ask Lisa or we'll have to ask Liz. Liz just left. So oh, shoot. Well, Otherwise we'll get it I... next time. Maybe we should do one and post it. Um, and then uh, Danny Siegelman posted a really good question, but it's something that, that I'm going to save for later because I was waiting to hear back from Tommy. Um, and we just we can't we can't go over it because we don't have an, an, any idea. So I'll move on to Mark Webster. Has the band ever commented on the bootleg recordings uh, or demos and live shows that exist seemingly everywhere? I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, that he's referring to just this unstoppable machine. I at least I and I don't even collect bootlegs, but it seems like they're everywhere from those box sets to, you know, one offs of all these different things. They're aware of them. I mean, I I sat down and talked to Gene about it. He actually went over my list. I'm talking this is like in 2009. You know, I mean, he's like, what do you have? He want, Gene has always been very aware of what's in the trading circles. Right. Always been aware of it. And again, so much. Though, I even 
even going back before that, um, I remember this would have this was pre-reunion. I remember being at a Kiss Expo and Andre taking one of my catalogs um, back. Matter of fact, I think I might have one handy. I do. So I was cleaning some boxes out. This is one of my old catalogs from 2001. Um, but I would have, you know, all these shows listed in there, you know, and, um, and, you know, and some of them have the descriptions and then I had, I separated audio and video and, and he would take that to show gene to show him see i'm like I, I remember saying something like to andre i'm like you're not i know you don't want one of the what are you taking that off my table for because just you know gene likes seeing what's available you know so yeah. and that's really you know how i started getting in with the band back in the early 90s with that sort of they'd ask me stuff what's available and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and then it just snowballed you know and you know you know helping with with certain projects and stuff but that's how it started yeah um, same thing for me yeah, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. i mean i know he signed i had a, a wicked lester cd uh, that i got like in at a kiss expo like a new jersey one god and he signed it for me like in 1996 or something he's like where'd you get this it's like at a kiss expo, <laughs> <laughs> but he signed it. I mean, he actually signed a bootleg. Oh, yeah. He doesn't seem to. He didn't he, seem to have a problem with it for the longest time. I think the band does now, from what I can see, because it's just things have changed. What really kind of I think tipped it was that when the stuff started coming out on CD. Yeah. Um, Lisa, or, I sorry, heard DVDs um, from the because Pittsburgh was the last official convention, yeah. right? Yep. Um, because we were both there. Uh, and I have pictures of my de- by the end of those expos, because I did a bunch of them, I was selling bootleg VHSs on my table. I mean, that's the, the band didn't care. I mean, they were just they were just happy. Do you have any What's videos of those expos? Do you have any videos of those expos? I told you I have every single one. From do you have the Pittsburgh one? I do. I have every single one. Lisa's singing in that, doesn't she? I am singing yeah, in that. Yeah, I just, read I my just body. got to dig it out. I just got to dig it out. Because I want it. What do I have to do to get it, Mark? <laughs> well, you're you're dressed. <laughs> you're well on your way. <laughs> Real quick, I'm going to see. This is this is what's in the background. I just I got to find a, a way to. Yeah, you know those are those are that's just you know part of what tons and tons and tons of the um Mine are boxes to the right of me that some of them have labels and some of them don't so it's just i have no idea what's on none In, into the walls i have holders for um because i had no room to put anything so i had them built in when I, when i built my show that again this, yeah please show it again yeah real quick. this is just one of the many you know, I built those right in. Wait, 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 back again. No, I'm not going to go too crazy on that. But okay. All right. Well, that, I just was wondering what what the hell's marine furlough? Huh? <laughs> I have no idea what the that video is. said. Marine furlough. Marine furlough. 
I, I, I'm, that joke's <laughs> right over my head. So, but uh, anyway. Um, okay. Well, so let's move. Let's move on then. Come like, on, you gotta draw me a picture. Or something. I'm serious. How do I not get the joke? Am I missing something? Think about '80s movies. Who would who would make a movie titled Marine Furlough? I don't know. Okay, let's move on. So, Victor V, two great questions, but I'm only going to read one in all fairness because I want to read as many as I can. So, I'm going to choose the one that people have have kind of gone around. And, and it says, with record, stay, record story day coming up on April, um, I see Eric Carr's Rockology is being re-released for that. Any thoughts as to why KISS has never put out something for record store day? Huh. Goes back to the label again, doesn't it? Really? Well, I think, but also too, you gotta remember, <coughs> um, record store day isn't a big money maker for for bands um a great example is what aerosmith they put that uh it starts here whatever the <coughs> and the, along whatever the, um they put something out for record store day and then they ended up just putting it out commercially so i mean record store day is i, I mean for kiss I, I just think they want more bang for their buck. I, that, that's all. Do, do I want them? Sure, it'd be great. But, you know, um, I, look, I've actually asked somebody in Kiss's management, and they kind of pretty much said that to me. They're like, it's, it's not really worth the, the effort to put in, you know, because they want to. And, and I, look, I don't blame them. I, would you? Tommy sell a house go out of your way to sell a house that you're going to make you know almost no money on right well yeah and and, and the flip side of that too is the fact that they're being very prolific they're putting out these box sets and they're giving you something that so far surpasses anything that they would put out on record store day that Correct. really you're kind of getting the best of it when you're getting like the creatures box set and there's another one coming now this year sometime and they've done the destroyer. So, you know, to me, that's, that seems like from a collector standpoint or a fan standpoint, so much better than anything you'll ever get on record stores. Plus let's also be honest as kiss fans. If they limited something to like 2000 copies mm -hmm. We'd be killing fucking one another. Look how bad it is now when they release some of these picture discs and they only sell 500. And next thing you know, everyone's crying online about it. Look, yeah. it's just better. It's better what they're doing now for the fans with the, you know, few times a year they're going to have an off the soundboard. And then once a year they have a big box set. I, yes. Wouldn't you much rather have something like that than a record store day thing? <clears throat> yeah i would yeah who does again that goes back to what i said earlier do you want more kiss or less kiss i want more mm -hmm. all right next question brian richards <clears throat> by the time brian sees this he will have figured out and answered his own question but i'm going to read it because again i want to reiterate that you guys if you have not seen last week's episode 
watching this one now, go back to Kiss's biggest fails. So Rick, Brian said, how do you explain all of the fails you've been teasing us with all last week? So the answer to that is go back to YouTube and look for that episode. Um, Nick DiTulio, what one thing, no matter how big or small, would you change from Kiss's history? Jeez. But you can only pick one thing. Hmm. I, I can I can answer this. I wouldn't have. I would have stayed in the hard rock vein in 1979. I would have put out a sister to side four of a life too, and not dynasty. I would have stayed stayed in that vein of music. Don't get me wrong. Did that make great business? No. But I think it would have kept kept the I don't know. How do you say it? Uh, uh, they. When I say that, I, I I would have rather have kept them a hard rock band. I would have gotten rid of that that whole era with with the toys and the. Because you're asking, you're asking us what we would prefer. I, I wish yeah, just one. Prefer. You can change anything, but it can only be one thing. One thing. Make just them, one make them non-kitty because that's exactly what happened okay with, with the move because that's i'm trying to encompass where they would have they would have been able to keep touring longer in the states had they not succumb to the kitty stuff like Fair. oversaturated the market with kid merchandise yes nice period <laughs> I think they oversaturated the market with merchandise when it got really crazy there. Well, you know what, Lisa, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with merch. I'll give you a great example. If you look inside the <clears throat> night in the ruts album from Aerosmith and even, I think even draw the line had that, you know, Hey, send away for Aerosmith tour book and a Aerosmith tour t-shirt. They were clearly eyeing Kiss going, hey, they're making this extra money too. Kiss took it to the nth degree and it really helped put an, every nail in their coffin. So by, you know, by 1981, they couldn't fucking tour over here because they ruined it for themselves. <clears throat> so I, again, I'd take the kiddiness out of it. I don't think there was anything wrong so much with doing I Was Made For Loving You. Um, but the emphasis, because I'll give you a great example. One of my favorite Stones records is, is Some Girls. Love that record. Yeah, it's, it's perfect start to finish. Yeah, my favorite. Um, and, and Some Girls is a disco sort of song. But, you know, when the whip can do it, you can say, yeah, well, Dynasty has, you know, the ace songs on it and stuff too. But yeah. <clears throat> the Stones didn't didn't lose any credibility there no they just didn't miss you yeah yeah and, and everything else was classic stones because it ended with shattered i mean that you know one of the coolest yeah. ever songs ever done by the stones yeah but you know even you know whip comes down and all and even, yep. look that like you said tom that that's a record we could both sit and listen to on oh, re- over and over and over but yeah I, the kitty take the kitty you know okay lisa yeah. What would be the one thing you could change? Hmm. I, I, I kind of felt 
like when I was talking about the merchandise, like it got to the point where they, I, I, I guess I'm thinking of all the Spencer stuff where they just put their logo on everything and it kind of oversaturated the market and it didn't make it fun anymore because, you know, back in the day when you collected Kiss stuff, it was exciting to go and find new things from the 70s. But then when it became. You mean like, like this? Like Kiss baseballs? Like, I have, trust me, I have a lot of the Spencer stuff, but it just seemed like it, it took the fun out of, it took the fun out of collecting the merchandise. You know, like it, it wasn't as exciting anymore, I felt. So I would say to maybe not have the, not have what, like the Spencer route. I'm with you. I, 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 I with like, I'm, I'm with you. I think in the 70s, it was fun. You know, it was like you had an order from a catalog or it was more exciting and, and to get that stuff instead of just walking into a Spencer's and seeing it on a shelf. Even now, like when you go and you see like a Kiss shirt in Target or a Kiss shirt at H&M or whatever, that <laughs> is, it's not it's not fun anymore, you know? That's I, it. Okay. Um, well, my, I wanted to touch on that really quick, though. I... I thought they didn't learn anything. I mean, they went and they oversaturated to even worse than they did in the seventies. By you oh, know, yeah. by the, oh, the history repeated itself. Yeah. Oh, and 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 again, it just it, it destroyed them. You know? I mean, saying that I didn't go on a bike. I'm just saying it just didn't make it as fun anymore to me. It, you know. Yeah. Well, I get it. I understand that. Um, I would have, mine would, I would have never let Vinnie Vincent join the band. That's mine. Using I still say though, if, if he didn't have that songwriting, it, it may have died then. I didn't say that. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but writing songs with him, even if they were reinterpreted and a little bit different, in my opinion, I remember thinking this at the time, I don't like his guitar playing. I don't like the sound. I, that's not who they are. And I would have much preferred someone like a Punky Meadows type of person in that role. So for me, it has nothing to do with that piece of it. And I understand what you're saying. But for me, I would have been like, no, 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 no. Um, anything else you wanted to say, Mark? No, I, I again, I, I always go back whenever this topic, which we like always like to, to, to get on, but Without that song, Lick It Up, Kiss may have folded right there. Absolutely. But if you're using him for his songwriting ability, there was really no guitar solo in, in Lick It Up. So it's very possible that it would have still sounded pretty damn close to the way it is now with a different guitar player. Yeah, but again, that just goes back. Vinny was forcing his will on the band. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, maybe it would have burned to the ground, but then also too, let's face it. He's not the only person in the world that can write good songs. So you never know. Maybe they would have gotten lucky and ended up with somebody different that could have done something. You just don't know. It's all speculation. Correct. And that's the yeah. fun of it. Absolutely. Um, okay. So Kyle Snyder has a very long uh, question because he's asking several things so I'm just going to break it down to the last piece because I think this one will go directly to you Mark because you might have some insight in this because you probably talked to Singer about this um, did Eric Singer 
ever feel any pressure to play a bigger kit when he joined KISS. Both Peter and the great Eric Carr had way bigger kits, and we all know with KISS, everything is worth overdoing. Um, you know, I obviously, I talk to E all the time about drums and stuff like that. I, that's nothing we've ever talked about. Like, you have to play this monstrous kit. And, and when he came in, you know, go back to 1992 music was changing um you know the you didn't have really bands using those huge drum sets anymore for the most part it wasn't a, a thing like which was you know in the 70s it was just part and parcel for a whole lot of bands having that big elaborate kit um kiss was you know look at eric Carr switching to a double bass with the huge, you know, drum artillery. Um, by the, by the early nineties, you know, a lot of guys were, you know, got Fred Curry was double bass, but just the two racks and, you know, um, same thing with uh, Steve Adler just played the four P you didn't need that anymore. So much cosmetically. And uh, it's kind of like, there, there's no huge stacks of amps now. Yeah. yeah used to be. Yeah. Correct. So okay, I, so then that, that was that was more kind of what I was getting at. You didn't need that trapping anymore. All right. Yeah. Well, then let me ask you this. And I know this; these are two completely different players and two extremes. But I think to show you my point, what's the difference between Ringo Starr or Bunny Carlos's kit and Neil Peart? Well, the, the type of music they're playing totally different. Okay, so my point is, is that could could Neil Peart have played Rush songs on a smaller kit, or did sure. he really need what he had, or was that more for looks? Like possibly none of that was for looks. He he used that whole kit. That's my okay. question. That was exactly my question. Thank you. Yeah. No. <laughs> if you if you listen, I'll, I'll give you a great example. Go listen to Tom Sawyer. Like yeah. breakdown in the middle. He's yeah. he's all over that kit. Whereas you don't need that, you know, you know, breakdown when you're doing uh, clock strikes ten. Yeah. But do you it's think not. most of the KISS songs, whether it be Eric Singer, Eric Carr, or Peter Chris, could be played on a simpler kit, like sure. something that Bunny would use? Sure. Okay. I'll so give you a here's another example. Another example using a song that Peter used his big kit for the end of Make and Love. If you watch Eric Singer do it, you can pull it up on YouTube if you want from 95. When did they do the the New Year's Eve thing? Was that 95 with Dick Clark? 90 something. Yeah, 94. 93, maybe. Uh, yeah. 93, 94. Anyway, he does he does the end of of making love, but on half the drums. He just doubles up the the beats per drum. And even now, um, sometimes he'll do the last little flourish where which would normally be on the lowest tom. So he does it on his feet. He does that now, just just oh, okay. right. so yeah, so you can't and, and I can just tell you too because you know, when we do, um, matter of fact, my, my, anybody in the Detroit area on June 3rd, we're doing my, uh, kiss 
um, show again, the one we do every year with my musician, my other friends, or in different bands we've been doing it the last 10, this is I think our 10th year. It's always a big success. But anyways, I just use a, you know, a four or five piece kit on that. And I play all the kiss stuff, even, you know, creatures of the night, all that. I don't need the big kit, but so yes, it can all be done on just a regular small kit. But, okay. you know, someone like Neil is using that whole beast in a number of songs. Okay. And, you know, can he play those parts on a smaller drum set? Absolutely. But it's just, and, and I love your, I love your insight because again, not being a musician, it's, this isn't something I have ever contemplated, you know, so I wouldn't know. And so it's nice to hear, even though I know there's a vast difference, obviously between Neil Peart and Ringo, but it, it's interesting to know that, no, that, that actually is a thing where, um, you know, he is well, look at the drum solo. Here's just something that make it easy for you to understand the drum solo and, and birthday. Just a couple drums. Yeah. You know, but if Neil Peart was doing that song, say Rush wanted to cover it and they did a covers record, he'd jazz it up. He'd be using the, you know, all the all the other, you know, artillery that he had because that's who he is as a player. And that's right. sort of his 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 palette, if you will, his palette of sounds, whereas Ringo wasn't a palette of sounds, you know, drummer per se. Um, right. He stuck right, much like Charlie Watts. They stuck to the, you know, the small kit. And, the and there's there's no one is better than the other. It's just what how you, you know, how you use it. Right. Which makes sense. All right. Let's move on then. Uh, Weston Harris would like to know, do you think KISS will ever release something like KISSology again, but with a new name? I understand there are legal concerns with KISSology, but it would be nice to have something that goes up to the current timeline or is career spanning. I believe at one point they said they were almost done with KISSology 4 before the legal stuff. Would It would be nice to have something from the end of touring. Tommy, do you remember you and I talking to Tommy about that in the car? I know that we did, but I don't remember what he said. Um, they had a lot of that done, and then they just kept going. There was so much more to go, and then they were going to do it, and next thing you know, they got all this other stuff. And, and, and also, too, by that time, technology had kind of caught up, meaning, all right, let's be honest with everybody right now. Who's putting out multi-DVD music releases right now? No one. No one. For, for a reason. That's all. Because you can find all that stuff on YouTube now. Yeah. yeah. I, what I think will happen, and I'm guessing it's not like Tommy said anything. I think what will end up happening is they will go the route where you will be able to um, pay a monthly service, like a streaming service. And they'll upload a lot of this material that would have been on on the you know number four, five, six, whatever, and then you can watch all of it as much as you like. That would be my guess, and that would make the most sense as a stream, some type of streaming service like what Metallica has done. But again, even though it's really important to us as fans, and there's so many things that we want to see, you have to keep in mind. When you're a touring band, especially on the last part of your final tour schedule and all of the commitments and things that come with that, this type of thing 
ends up in the back seat. So yeah. it'll happen eventually, but it's just not going to happen as timely as people would like it to. Well, I found a I found a article from Classic uh, Ultimate Classic Rock from August twelfth, two thousand eleven, and it says Kissology four contents revealed, and it was supposed to come out in November of. 2011 and it says like some of the contents the set will include 1976 houston full destroyer show 1977 cobo hall 1980 kids or people two segment 1983 u.s armed forces segment on lick it up tour 2002 winter olympics 2007 vh1 rock honors 2009 cobo hall hey, uh, lisa lisa that was all bogus information was it really yeah because we, I mean, my, for me, it's like I can just go find this on YouTube. Like yeah, that all that whole I remember that at the time that didn't come from the band. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. There you are. All right. Um, so false, false. What do they call it? Fake news. Yes. Fake news. Christ Christopher Bourdain wanted to know this. He said, "Unless I'm missing something, I'm in my 30s. Why did they not play any of?" Side four of Alive Two on the Alive Two tour. Look, comfort. I mean, there. Let's face it. If, if you want to be honest, what was the Alive Two? Was basically just Love Gun came out in June. Seventy. It wasn't even. Yeah. It, it didn't even go a full year. You know, well, and were, he's only in his thirties, so that's the timeline is everything. Yeah, so by the time they were finishing up in, in Japan in March, it hadn't even been a year. Whereas you look at bands like Iron Maiden and, and Metallica, they toured some of those records for a couple of years and they didn't you know, change the right. set list dramatically. Kiss, again, you, you know, go back, look at stuff like the Destroyer Tour it was only just a couple months. Yeah, well, and then keep in mind that when they were finishing up in March, by April, we had double platinum. And then by September of that year in 78, we had the solo albums. Right after that, we had the Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. So they were they were very, very active as well. And to Mark's point, it just didn't last all that long. And Alive 4, even though I love those songs, let's face it, it was filler. Well, I, the only reason I would let you get away with saying it's filler is because... You know, well, that's but I know, but I don't mean it in a bad way. I love those songs, but that's essentially why they did it because they didn't want to. Uh, at least my understanding is they did not want to repeat any of the songs that were on Alive. Lisa, you have your Google machine there. I do. Wasn't Rocket Ride released as a single and it went top forty? Oh yeah, I I, I love. No, those. I was just about to say. Well, none of those songs were released as a single. I'm like, hold on, I think no, Rocket, Rocket Ride was, and I think it reached number forty. Yeah, which makes it a top forty song. All right, mm -hmm. here's some background. Uh, Rocket Ride peaked at number thirty nine on the American. Uh, oh, look at that, making it the band's seventh U.S. top forty hit. The forty five was edited in time to three minutes and five seconds. So uh, that so yes yeah, so. It wasn't all filler. One of them was a top 40 single. That's all. Okay. 
Um, this next one we've kind of talked about before, but in all fairness, because the question is being asked, again, this is going to be speculation on, on all of our parts, but I'm going to read it to you. Casey Lambert, Music from the Elder, is my least favorite Kiss album, in my opinion. How do you guys think it would have been received by both fans and critics if the whole album sounded like The Oath, which is easily the best song on that album? Also, how would have things turned out differently if Kiss skipped The Elder and went straight into Creatures? All right, I, I'm, this is this is going to be at least three minutes from me here. Go for it. The Elder had to happen in order to to oh, make creatures, creatures happen because they had to hit rock bottom. They didn't even know what they were doing. Keep in mind that this goes back to something I said earlier in the, in the, in this episode. They started. I was made for loving you. There's all. They're like, okay, what's hitting now? Let's throw the fucking noodle on the wall, see if it sticks. Oh, pop music's big now. We're gonna we're gonna do something like Unmasked. And then when they got to the Elder, well, oh Christ, a year earlier, Pink Floyd did the Wall, and we're using their producer. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna just, and this is why it's gonna go a little bit long. And and well, I, let me say one thing. And the Wall was everywhere at that time, and we're not talking yeah. just about you know one or two songs. They were playing at least in Minnesota on the classic seven. rock station. Yeah, six, seven, eight cuts. So the the impact that that had on FM radio and mm -hmm. and rock purchasers was huge uh, as you can tell by my my tan uh i just got back from when i was in florida just over the last two weeks uh, i'm just gonna tell you i, I bet you I, I i i'm i'm a casual pink floyd fan and what i mean by that is this i don't like the 60s stuff i never got the sid barrett stuff just did, this did nothing for me however from 71's metal to 1980 the wall I love that stuff. I'm like a hardcore fan of their 70s stuff. So that would almost like being a Kiss fan going, I just like the 70s. I don't like the 80s and 90s. I'm that way with Pink Floyd. I love capital L-O-V-E, could listen to everything from metal to the wall. And I love that stuff. And I know it inside out. And it's just fucking some of the greatest music. So this when I was in Florida, I just happened to be on the beach. And for like two or three days, I went into this huge fucking Pink Floyd. That's all I listened to for a couple, three days. And it was funny. And after a couple of days of just totally absorbing all that 70s stuff, I kind of ch chuckled to myself because I was flipping through my iPod. Yes, I still use one. And it just randomly hit on the elder. And I'm like, how did those guys think they could? Nobody in that band is is could replicate that sort of music. Now, Pink Floyd couldn't do Rock and Roll All Night or Calling Dr. Love well either. I'm not saying one's better than the other, but one is clearly different. Or one of them has a set of musicians who could perform that, that kind of music and another one doesn't. And the other one can't perform the kind of music that Kiss does. So, they got to play to their strengths. Kiss going in trying to do a concept record. That's why it's such a miserable failure. They just, that's not who they are. They tried, they tried to like, oh, like Tommy said, 
Run Like Hell was on the radio. Comfortably Numb was on the fucking radio. Another Brick in the Wall was on the radio. One and two, hey, parts one hey, and two. Yeah, Hey You. Hey You. All, mm-hmm. Dude, so many of those songs were just on. So again, go back. Timeline is everything. It's now after Unmasked, Only Went Gold. Sure, Gene and Paul, especially Gene's probably going, what the fuck? Look at all this Pink Floyd that's on the radio. Oh, we're going to use Bob Ezrin. He just did the wall. Bob Ezrin goes, oh, you have this storyline. You know what? Look what I did for Pink Floyd. And also, too, I think was Animals, was Animals the record before? Anyway, they but there's a hint went of to Tommy. a little bit of a lull and then and then the wall like took off right but it, there's a hint of tommy in here too in the respect that oh it's our rock opera yeah yes correct, correct so there's all these outside influences as well and you know someone asked gene once i don't remember who it was they said why didn't why didn't you follow up creatures of the night with another record with that drum sound and gene's like well it didn't sell he doesn't have that same mindset that, that we do as music fans. He looks at his idea of success is if it sells a ton. If it doesn't sell a ton, why would I ever do it again? So I'm sure he's also looking at this Pink Floyd, the wall going, well, we could do that. If we do that, we're going to have a lot of sales. You know, because I can guarantee you if the elder came out exactly as it is and it took off and sold like two, three, four million copies, it was all <laughs> over the radio. I'd be willing to bet you every dollar I have that the next record that they made would sound just like <laughs> <that> three. <laughs> yeah, it, it's that that's the difference. Yeah. Again, go go back to aesthetics. Kiss just didn't have that sort of talent's a bad word. Um, because Kiss are extremely talented, but stay in your lane, stay in your fucking lane, do what you do best. Right. You don't do, you don't do stuff like the wall best. You do and, stuff like calling Dr. Love best. Yeah. And they're and they're and they were so known for a certain thing in the same way that Pink Floyd was known for a certain thing to Mark's point, stay in your lane, because if Pink Floyd would have put out creatures of the night or a heavy metal record, <laughs> Their fans, fans would, would have revolt chased them down the street with fire, you know, and, and kiss was so controversial as it was being considered a, a child's joke band that the people who were buying Pink Floyd records would never buy a kiss record, no matter how good it was. They just Correct. would not do it. It's like when I draft for my fantasy league for football, I will not take a Packer. I don't care. I will not take a Packer. <laughs> you get that. <laughs> that's funny so lisa did you have anything you'd like to add to this darling no i agree with exactly what mark said if there was no you know exactly what he said well, sorry i had nothing else to add because you said it for me thank you Lisa. all right so joe santani would like to know can new acts make enough money from touring now that there's very little money in actual uh music I love Dirty Honey so much. I saw mm-hmm. them twice in a month. Their opening act, Dorothy, wow, she's hot, is <laughs> like an Adele from hell. She was unreal. Max Saturn from Detroit is great too. I'm not familiar with Max Saturn, but I've heard the name. I just worry there are actually, excuse me, I just worry are there actually making enough to keep afloat? That goes back to support. You know, when a band comes to town, 
Get your lazy ass off the couch and DVR whatever the fuck you're watching. Get to that venue, buy a ticket, support them, purchase a t-shirt or a program or a CD or something. That's how you solve this problem. But we've become so apathetic because so many people are like this all day long. They don't want to leave their house. It's funny. I get people who message me all the time. They're like, God, I wish I could live your life. I'm like, why? Well, you do so much stuff. I'm like, yeah, you can. You just get in the car and drive there. There's a ticket. Go. I make an effort to leave the house. And so to your point or to your question, that's to me what it really comes down to is to get out there and support people. Amen. And be 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 willing to see something you haven't seen before. Be open-minded. Yep. And too many people are not. You know, I went and saw Alter Bridge on Friday night with Mammoth VH. Well, and there I photographed them, you know, several times before. And they're just an incredible band. And they're one of those bands that if you like rock music, I don't know how you couldn't like them. Same with Dirty Honey. So when you hear some of these names, check them out on YouTube, find a couple songs that you like, and then fucking go buy a ticket and see them play. That's how we're going to keep music alive. Because if you don't, the only choices you're going to have will be Rihanna and Adele and Taylor Swift, which there's nothing wrong with any of those acts, but those people, especially Taylor Swift, she sold they said 25% of all the album sales last year in 2022 were hers. Her fans support her. By the way, my new favorite band is Ghost. Oh, they're they're awesome. I just discovered them about four months ago. Oh, really? Oh, I love them. I didn't like them because I thought that this is where the closed-minded thing comes in. I thought they were going to be like, and I never listened to them. And then, no, they're like Bloister Cult. I was in the car with my friend, and he goes, I'm controlling the radio. And I said, No, and he goes, I'm going to do it anyway. And he goes, I'm putting a song on. I'm not going to tell you what it is. And I just want you to listen to it. So he put it on and he covered up the panel so I couldn't see what it was. And I was like, Holy shit, they're amazing. And he said, It's a ghost. I'm like, Get the hell out of here. So you yeah. just made your own point. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Be open-minded. Absolutely. You have to be willing to be open-minded. If there are people who are talking about a band that they love, and there's a lot of them, there's a reason. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be for you. If you're someone who doesn't like, you know, um, power metal with the Cookie Monster vocals, then you're probably not going to like the, a band that does that. But if you like a band that like Disturbed, for instance, or um, Shinedown, there's no reason that you're not going to like Alter Bridge. So find some music and get out and support. I agree. Uh, all right. This one is for Mark. Dennis DeJardins uh -oh. wants to know, <laughs> were you at the Detroit concert back in 1984 where the Animalized Live Uncensored was filmed? If so, what are your memories of that concert? I think I talked about this before. Yeah, but it's been a long time. Oh, I, I had a gig that night my band was playing however i did record it off the radio so you actually didn't go no i was oh, I, I had a gig that. i had a gig because i was going to watch it again and see if you were in the front row making out with some chick that's what i was, I was 
Go that was Ted Nugent. <laughs> so sorry, that's all I can do. No, um, um, all right. That, that that show was was played on uh, on WLLZ here. You remember I, the day it was recorded, Mark? Let's see how. Let's see if you remember. May or oh, excuse me, uh, December eighth. Damn, you're good. Yeah, you know it's funny. Speaking of that, Liz just found um, a whole shitload of my old band's flyers, and she brought them. And I'm like looking at that, going, "Motherfucker, we played constantly." I mean, because there were so many places to play. Was this Visions? No, that was my high school band. Oh, was, okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so let, let's write because I I, I want to. It's almost seven o'clock. Okay. See. All right. So I'll do one. I'll let me see. Okay, yeah, I'm just looking for one that I think we can actually answer. Okay. Okay, here's here. Here we go. Uh, Jeff German, if you had a time machine and could co convince Kiss to have hung it up at any point in time over the last 23 years, what would it have been? I don't know, assuming that they, uh, assuming they're going to be ending it sometime at the end of this year, I'm going to need a a future time machine. I, they never yeah. needed that. That that never. Yeah. Well, I, go ahead, Lisa. No, I I don't. I mean, they're still doing what they're doing. I don't really think that. Well, hold on, hold on. Let, all right, let's go. Right. Well, and I and when I, as I, I was reading it, it was different than what I thought he was going to say. All right, then put it this way. All right. When they stopped with each era the only time for me where it was really embarrassing to be a kiss fan is when gene and paul had enough of ace and peter i i remember distinctly going to the columbus show going this is why am i driving five fucking hours these guys they're terrible right now and I remember laughing. I remember, and I had that's funny, one of these shows. I remember when I filmed them um, in, I want to say Grand Rapids. And like Peter didn't start like Detroit Rock City for like, you know, five seconds in. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is this what I'm paying for? That's what the Largo show was. That 1979 uh, Largo show, that was a train wreck. <laughs> there's, there's even worse shows out there. I don't know. That was a pretty bad train wreck. I mean, it looked like they didn't want to be there, and no one knew the work. I mean, it was worse. That was like to me, that was like the worst. Uh, you know, the uh, the only time in my Kiss fandom where I ever thought they should wrap it up, and they did, is when, and and I tell you what, to go back to that, um, you you two will remember this. Remember when they did the farewell press conference? Um, mm -hmm. from was it from Vegas? Ace looks like he's comatose because yeah. he probably was. Um, that was just not good, you know. And so yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind that. If if that's the intent of the question, because I think, I think but here's here here's what he said though. Let me reread it if I can find it. Um, 
No, no, wait a minute. Okay, if you had a time machine and could convince Kiss to have hung it up at any point over over the last 23 years. So let's let's talk about what are the last 23 years. I think that's 2001 essentially or 2000. So they were actually done. I think what he's trying to say and I'm guessing here is that shouldn't they have quit after Ace and Peter left again? Fuck no. That's that's kind of and I'm not I don't want to put words in his mouth, but why specifically the last 23 years? Well, it's been Tommy and Eric with the exception of obviously Peter Ace coming back for one thing or another, it that's what it's been for the last 23 years. I'm not, am I mistaken on that? Jesus Christ. I've seen some of the incredible kiss shows over the last 23 years. Mm-hmm. They oh, are, are better you? right now than they've ever been as a band. And I, I was just talking to Thayer about that the other day. The, the sound is unbelievable. They're happy. They're for me, if I had a time machine and I could go back, I'd go all the way back to 1963 and stand behind the fence at the grassy knoll because I want to know who shot Kennedy. <laughs> I'm not going to go back and, and, and ask and tell Kiss they should hang it up because there are things I don't like about what they've done. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, there are things that, that they've done that I don't don't like. And there are periods that aren't, um, you know, things I, I care for. But I'm still glad they're around. I'm glad they never quit. I, I'm glad they never gave up. Even if there were times where I'm like, Jesus Christ, what are you thinking? You know, and, and especially not over the last 23 years. You know, one of the things I would have changed though, is I don't know if he, the, he didn't ask this question, but you would have been the well, <laughs> I, I wish when they took the makeup off, they would have took the makeup off. I hated the way they looked during Lick It Up with all the rouge and they looked terrible. Yeah, and it just got worse. They finally yes, got as normal. As the tour, and, and I'm going to go back because because it's our show and we can fucking do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. I hated that that Motley at that era. Do you remember how badass they looked at the beginning of uh, of uh, um, Shout at the Devil by the time they got to theater of shame as i call it because i hate that record um they are all so glammed out but i mean even by the end of the shout tour that whole glam the pretty glam took over and it bugged me you know the same thing i'm like no stay fucking cool looking and and that was the whole thing with kiss when they took the makeup i'm like okay cool i'm gonna give it a shot but by the end of that they look just like circus clowns it looked terrible it was the time it was like era then you know the 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 even poison looked like on the, the first album they looked like uh girls i mean i think i think everyone was trying to conform into that into that mold and they thought mm-hmm. that that's what they had to do you know because if it when they came out of makeup they were right into that they were right in that section where everyone was all looking pretty and i don't i think that they just came out of that and had it like oh shit well i guess we're gonna have to like you know we're all like change the makeup from makeup to makeup you know i think they were conforming to that but i don't really think they had a choice i mean they did have a choice but i don't know if it really would have worked during that well yeah and before you know you guys start sending me a bunch of hate mail because i've been in it for the long haul since 1975 i've been a fan i love peter and ace being in the band okay this is not about that this is about continuing on and do you like what they're doing now I have just as much fun as a kid at a kiss show right now as I've had 
at Ace Frehley shows that we've been to, like Mark, that one that we went to it in, uh, was it uh, in LA? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out by the Spawn Ranch. Unbelievably great. We, Mark and I were just like little kids going, this is, you know, unbelievable. So it doesn't mean that one isn't better than the other or can't coexist or there isn't value in each one. But I love what's going on now and I'm going to continue to support it because it's what I enjoy. And it's no different than what I, we just, I just saw Ace a couple months ago. And I think in January. Me too. It was month, great. It was great. Yeah, it was a great show. I, I, you're getting the best of both worlds. Are you fucking kidding me? Go, go. And look, you know what? Um, I, I still wish in some really, and this is a whole nother topic. I wish Peter would play. There's a reason he's not. And I'm not going to go into that here. But yeah. Ace, you can still see Ace play. Go support him, man. Go to the show. Go yeah. have fun. Well, and I, and I look at it too, like when you look at say Led Zeppelin, okay. I like their records, but some of the live shows I've heard from them mm, ain't the best. And all bands are, um, all bands are subject to something like that. You have good days, you have bad days, but to Mark's point earlier in in looking at all the shows that I've seen over all these decades, with the exception of the Lick It Up tour, which was horrible i mean horrible they went from creatures which was awesome to lick it up which was probably the crappiest i've ever seen them at the very end of that farewell tour in 2000 ish wheels were coming off it's bad yeah And, and let's not fantasize about that that's just the reality of the situation again i can go and tell you certain shows like you know i think it's the new york show i remember joking I think it's during hundred thousand years. Ace is playing in my friends and I joke in the key of Z. He's playing the soul, and it, and it's funny because Paul's looking at him because you know it's it's on Bula and Paul is looking at him like, "What are you playing?" Totally oblivious, and he's like totally in the wrong key. Well, and, and I'm like, like I said, I'm not tr- I'm not trying to box Jeff in either because this may not be what he meant, but I have to wonder if there's something to that because he said twenty three years specifically. He didn't say if you had a time machine you could go back to nineteen seventy three. I didn't even, I got to tell you, when you said, if you, I'm assuming you did say yeah. 23 years, that part yeah. went right over my head. I just thought you meant time machine at any time. No, and that's easy to, that's why I reread it. And one, and it was a good number. Yeah, because as I was reading it first, I also thought that maybe Jeff was, I thought, honestly, what it, what he was going to say was something like, if you had a time machine, you could go back and take someone with you to see the band or something like that or what would your period be that's kind of what i thought that the question was really was leaning towards so all right there you go okay that's your hit and run people yep i got through as many as we could mark's got a hockey game to watch and he's hangry i do though the wings are on playing washington tonight and we're actually in the freaking uh in the hunt does it make you hungry for wings (laughs) <laughs> me hungry for wings right now i'm not gonna lie what's that i'm actually hungry for wings right now oh i liz made some sunday what's today today's tuesday yeah she yeah. just made them the other night they were good but liz is out with her friends tonight so i'm gonna go upstairs and being catholic lent starts tomorrow so we give up like all meat and all that kind That's of crazy we do too. no meat on fridays yeah well no we do we're, we're doing like full-on because oh. we yeah. Anyway, I won't even get into that because this is a Kiss podcast. But yeah, so um, yeah, so everything's going to be changing here, and so uh, tonight I'm going up and I'm going to make some bacon because I'm by myself, and 
It's going to be gluttony at its finest at the Chikini household. Well, no, Liz is Liz is gone. I got. I, she I doesn't started, have to participate. I, I just I just started putting the basement back together a couple weeks ago. I got a little. I'm I'm actually getting because if you guys remember, that's how come I'm still in here doing this, and I still got stacks and stacks of fucking shit piled up. You know, I had my basement waterproofed a year ago. Actually, not quite a year ago. But I'm slow. I finally got the outside room like ready to put posters and stuff back up. So what I'm going to do is run upstairs, throw on the hockey game, make some BLTs, keep the hockey game on so I can hear it, come down, start hanging stuff up and, uh, you know, kind of put start putting the, the room back. Plus, I, I, I bought some stuff recently, too. I can't wait to hang some of those things up. So. Life is good, man. Life is good. I want you to know I had the best BLTs. We tailgated at our bowling tournament over the weekend. And if you did that, there was tailgating at a bowling tournament. There yeah, is. that was crazy. I saw that. I'm like, hmm. Totally tailgated pretty everything. Yeah, totally tailgated at a bowling tournament. Didn't know that was actually possible. But people brought out like their portable grills. We had BLTs, nice. burgers on Saturday and BLTs on Sunday. Was nice. anyone bowling looking like Bill Murray? In that <laughs> bowling movie with the oh, with, oh, was that bowling movie? Um, not Kingpin. Yeah, Kingpin. Yeah, Kingpin. Yeah. yeah Kingpin. I have my Steeler bowling ball. It's all good. They you didn't have a kiss yeah. bowling ball. Yeah. What's wrong with you? I can't find one. I can't okay. find one. I okay, want. So one. I'm almost positive. I'm going to have to look through the rules. You might, you might be in a position where you will be chastised by one of the kiss army members for not doing the right thing and having a kiss i can't here i i, I google if i google it i can't even i can find it there's, talk there's, to michael talk to michael because his parents have one that's undrilled they're trying to give it they were trying to give it to me and i'm like what what am i going to do with this i don't you know if it's a it's if it's a 12 pounder that's me I don't, I don't know but I can't find them anywhere because trust me, I would have one. Okay. Well now, okay. So if anyone knows of a kiss bowling ball that we could acquire for Miss Lisa, let us know. Spend in like $400 on it. Just think. How much are fucking bowling balls? They go from like this one ball. I just Googled it. Uh, uh, this one's $400. For a bowling ball? Yeah, I have a Steelers bowling ball that my team bought me for my birthday, my 50th birthday last couple of years ago. And uh, it's pretty fucking nice. And I think it cost them, it was like 180, 150 probably cost them. When the when the kids, the high school kids swim in the, the playoffs for the swim team, like a pair of men's shorts or even like the gals swimsuits are like $350. Yeah. Really? Yep. Hmm? Yeah. It's well, ridiculous. Probably $180 that they spent. And the three of them got it for me. They spent $50 on me. It's because they love you. I do. Mm. I love my guy well, yeah. loves you. What's your point? I didn't see you buy me anything. Ooh. That was wrong. Sorry. That was me. Yeah. But well, funny. Mark and I were thought we'd give you our gifted person. 